Today, we're going to be deconstructing and reconstructing how to read the Bible. Today we're talking about the Bible. Some of you have read it from cover to cover. Good job. Some of you have read enough of it to get the gist of what it says. And some of you are intimidated by it. And some of you own one, but never read through it. There was a survey that was done recently, and it says that in today's world, there are many people who have not read it, but they know what it says because they've heard enough about it. And what's cool about that survey is that that is very similar to my story because I kind of knew what this book said even before I cracked it open. Now the irony is, is that because people told me what this book was about, that was the very reason why I didn't want to read it. Because there was a reputation that was associated with this book. So there's three reasons why I avoided reading this book for a long time. First, I heard that this book went against science. Second, the contents of this book is filled with rules. I was told that there's a lot of do's and don'ts in this Bible. And the assumption that I brought into the Bible is that if I were to follow every single rule in this book, it will definitely drain me of my joy. If me and my friends were to go to a party, I would be the only one that couldn't participate in the jokes, the activities, the food. So yeah, I didn't want anything to do with this book. And then the third reason is that I knew some people who supposedly lived according to this book. And quite frankly, I didn't want to be like them. They kept quoting Bible verses at me about how fallen short of God's glory I was, whatever that meant. And the more I spent time with these people, the more I didn't like myself. So needless to say, there was a lot of reasons why I didn't want to read this book. Now what I'm hoping for is that my experience is similar to your experience, that you've been turned off in the past by this book, even before you cracked it open. Or maybe you weren't turned off by these reasons, but you've noticed that when you talk to other people about the Bible, they seem to be turned off to reading the book. Now over time, I challenged myself to actually crack open this book and read it and my suspicions were confirmed. You see, so when I eventually got th reading through this book, I noticed that it contradicted science. It was full of confining rules that killed any joy that was inside of me. And Christians, I noticed, often use this book as a weapon to make me feel bad about myself. Now, some of you might be surprised at that part of my story because a lot of you know I love the Bible. I love reading it, I love researching it. So what happened between back then and today? And what made you fall in love with the Bible? Well, a simple answer is I was lucky to have great resources and great mentors that walked me through on how to read the Bible. So first, let me just say this. I want you to know that if you were to use this book in the way that it was meant to be used, then you will not be bogged down by it. If you use this book correctly, it will challenge you, it will change you, and ultimately shape you to resemble Jesus. Yes, that Jesus that people travel day and night just so that they could hang out with him. And when they actually met him, they went home filled with hope. As the saying goes, people who are nothing like Jesus liked Jesus. And needless to say, my encounter with the Bible back in the day did not make me into somebody that offered hope to people. My experience with the Bible did not accomplish what it was supposed to accomplish. So I came down to two conclusions. Number one, the Bible doesn't work. <laughs> or number two, I wasn't reading it as it was meant to be read. So in my early Christian journey, I had to deconstruct the assumptions I brought into the Bible so I could approach the Bible the way it was meant to be approached. Here's a quote from one of the early Christian scholars. This is what he said. 
Whoever then thinks that he understands the Holy Scriptures or any part of them, but puts such an interpretation on them as does not tend to build up into this twofold love for God and neighbor, does not yet understand them as he ought. Yeah, Augustine straight up said, if reading this book does not make you love God and love others, then you're reading it wrong. And since I wasn't getting love for God and love for neighbor when I was reading this book, I knew I wasn't handling it correctly. So I went through a long and deep journey of reading the Bible as it was meant to be read, and what I discovered changed my life. And in case you don't know my story, one of the primary reasons I wanted to become a pastor 20 years ago was so that I can teach others of the beauty of the scriptures. So today I wanted to show you some of the mistakes I've made and how I approach the Bible so you can read it in the way that it was meant to be read. Now in the past two decades, I have learned a lot about the Bible and I cannot condense it into the next 10 minutes. So if you wanna dive deeper, you can email me or you could come to the after party and we could chat about it there. All right, okay. So the first mistake I made was that I began reading the Bible from the beginning. You're probably thinking like, wait, we're not supposed to do that? Well, it makes sense to read from the beginning, but as a Westerner, when I began reading from the book of Genesis, my mind immediately goes into scientific mode. Like for me, when I got to Genesis chapter one and two, I thought, hey, there's no mention of evolution. Where are the dinosaurs? How old does the Bible think the earth is? By the time you get to chapter six, you're thinking, was there really a worldwide flood? And by the time I got to the first 10 chapters of the Bible, I was already coming up with arguments against this outdated book. And if you can relate to that part of my story, let me say this again we should not start at the beginning of the Bible. I'll talk more about that in a hot second, but first, just in case you actually went through the book of Genesis and you can't ignore this bit about the Bible and science, let me address that part really quickly. The Bible is not making any scientific claims. No one should use Genesis as a foundation for our understanding of how this earth became what it is today. But you might be thinking, wait, wait I thought the Bible is a book of truth. Yes, it is, but it is not the kind of truth that you have in mind. Confused? Well, here, let me kind of clear that up. See, a few decades ago, a bunch of American Christians got together and created a term never associated with the Bible. And the word is inerrant. This means the Bible has no mistakes. Now, if you're a scholar of the scriptures, you know that this is not true. The Bible has many errors. For example, there are texts where it is written grammatically incorrect. In one story, the author misquotes a passage in the Bible. So to counter this inerrancy belief, another bunch of Christians got together and came up with another word for the Bible, which is the word infallible. Now, what this means is that while the Bible may contain errors, it is true when it comes to the things it claims. So while it may have some errors when it comes to grammar or cosmology, it is not wrong about who God is. So while the Bible does speak truth, it's specific as to which truth it's claiming. So in the case of Genesis chapter one and two, God was speaking to the people who lived thousands of years ago in their understanding of the cosmos. Back then in that culture, they believed the earth was a snow globe-like structure, like a dome. And so rather than correcting their view of the world, God stepped into their understanding on how the world worked and spoke to them using their language and worldview. See, the Bible doesn't wanna make any scientific claims. Instead, it's interested in entering into our understanding of how the world works and teaches through that. So if God were to reveal himself through scriptures today, he would probably use words like Big Bang. Professor John Walton, he's a professor of the Old Testament. This is what he said. He says, the Bible was written for you, but not to you. That means when we read the Bible, we're reading ancient texts. We have to be able to interpret it from their perspective. So there's no contradictions between what the Bible teaches and science. Let the scientists teach us about science and let the Bible teach us about theology. 
Oh, but there is one thing that the Bible dares to disagree with science. You see, science has a materialistic perspective. It believes that the world was formed first, then humanity appeared, and then our brains evolved, and then love came into being. But the Bible argues that prior to matter, the world, the universe, before all that, love existed. In the materialist view, love is something that appeared later in evolution, whereas in scripture, the underlying assumption is that God's love preceded everything. Love is the reason why the world exists today, and therefore, love is interwoven into the DNA of everything that's around us. A well-known scholar said this, the Bible holds out a dazzling possibility. What if love is ultimate? What if before and beneath, above and beyond this world, love reigns supreme? It's a breathtaking thought. People who read the Bible responsibly start with the premise that God is love and that he is committed to communicating his love to all people in all places at all times. And if you don't understand this truth, the Bible might not make sense to you. And if you don't believe that the Bible was given to us because of love, then we'll become people who uses the Bible to damage other people or justify our evil actions by quoting certain passages. So the question is, how should we approach the Bible? So I want to offer you a simple hack on how to read the Bible responsibly. Are you ready? Start by reading the biographies of Jesus. That's the book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're probably thinking, wait, that's not the beginning of the Bible. Why, why are you asking me to start in the middle of the Bible? Well, there's a really good reason for this. And that reason lies in how the Bible was made. You see, the Bible wasn't something that just dropped out of the heavens into our laps. Historically speaking, for the first 300 years of Christianity, we did not have a Bible. Yes, the Old Testament existed way before Christianity was formed. We call that the Jewish Bible. That's what I have here. There's several reasons why the Jewish Bible wasn't used by the early Christians. Now, one of the reasons is because the Jews, well, they were really protective of their texts. They didn't have a bunch of them lying around. So Christians, who were mostly Gentiles, were not allowed to have a copy. And even if they were to somehow get a copy of it, most people were illiterate, and so they didn't have any way of knowing what was in here. So for the first few hundred years, Christians based their faith not on a book, but on the death and resurrection of Jesus and his one command he asked his followers to obey. And you know what that is? It's to love others in the same way that Jesus has loved us. So if you're under the impression that the early Christians spent most of their time trying to obey the 600 and plus rules in the Old Testament, uh, they didn't. They only talked about the one command, love one another as Jesus loved us. And they spent their days talking about their experience of loving their neighbor and how it changed their neighborhood and their societies around them. Well, what about the New Testament? Well, at that time, books like Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, letters written by early Christian leaders like Paul and Peter, they were not considered scripture simply because the people who wrote them didn't think that they were actually writing scripture. But those writings were considered to be important documents and they were circulated amongst people who committed their lives to Jesus. But after a few centuries, more people became educated and literate. And so they started collecting all these circulating documents. They bound it. And so this is the New Testament. I mean, they didn't call it the New Testament, but they studied it intensely. Then eventually they discovered that Jesus, who was a Jewish rabbi, referenced a lot of verses from the Old Testament, from the Jewish Bible. And Jesus even claimed that all scripture testifies about him. So they decided to include the Old Testament into their Christian Bible. And now we have the Bible that we have today. So while the existence of the Old Testament predates the New Testament, when putting the Bible together, the New Testament was bound first 
and then the Old Testament was added later. Now, this information is very important because it teaches us how to read the Old Testament. See, they didn't read the Old Testament so they could follow 600 plus rules. They read it to give them a backdrop to the Jesus story. See, they read the Jewish Bible so they could read about Jesus in his proper context. And they also wanted to know how the Jews dealt with God in their history. And most importantly, they wanted to know how the Old Testament testified about Jesus. So here's a real illustration, so let's try it on for size. Think of it like you're watching the original trilogy of Star Wars. You watch it over and over again, you memorize some parts of it, and you love everything about it. But then, you discover that you can learn more of the backstory of Darth Vader by watching the prequels. But as a true Star Wars fan will argue, the prequels do not have the same weight as the original three. Now, if I lost you because you're not a Star Wars fan, then think of it as like the role that The Hobbit plays in the Lord of the Rings stories. Or if you're not into that, think of the relationship between the Fantastic Beast with Harry Potter. The Christians eventually started calling the Jewish Bible the Old Testament. Testament means covenant, as in this is how the Jews related to God in the olden days. They call the second half of the Bible the New Testament because they understood that we now have a new way of relating to God. I understand that reading the Bible can be difficult and confusing, but if there's one advice I can give you, it is this. Get to know Jesus before you read the other parts. That alone will get you started on this journey of reading the Bible responsibly. And when you begin to read the Bible responsibly, you will no longer read it as a, a rule book. You'll see a love story between God and people. And in this story, the more people pushed God away, the more we lost our humanity. And conversely, the more we drew near God, the more humanity we gained. Now, Paul, one of the first Christian leaders, this is what he said about the Old Testament. All scripture, and when he wrote this, the New Testament didn't exist, so he's talking about the Jewish Bible here. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God, that's Christians, may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. You see, Paul is saying that when you read the Jewish Bible with the right mindset, meaning you got to know Jesus and now you're reading the Old Testament, it will lead you to doing the right things or doing good works. You have to read it with the lens of Jesus. The Old Testament will become something that will shape you into a better version of you. That's what this verse is saying. So once you get a good grasp of who Jesus is, then the rest of the Bible will start falling into its place. And if you use the Bible correctly, you'll start to see yourself, others, and the world a little differently. In the book, The Bible Unwrapped, it says, in the Bible, we learn what God's activity looked like in the past so that we will recognize it when it is unfolding right in front of us. We discover what God sounds like so that we can hear when God continues to speak. We learn what God loves so we can be alert for opportunities to stir that delight. We learn what God dreams of so we can begin to live that dream. What this quote is saying is that when we read the Bible, we shouldn't be reading it looking for rules to follow. We're studying the Bible so that when God is acting today, we could recognize it. When God gives us specific instructions on how to love the people around us, we're alert to it. The Bible helps us not miss the works of God around us. So the Bible is supposed to be a love story from God to us, and it's supposed to act as an inspiration for us to love the people around us and to draw close to God. So church, may you read the Bible through the lens of Jesus. And if you have many toxic assumptions you brought into reading the Bible, may God remove the scales from your eyes in the same way he did for Paul. And may your Bible reading inspire you to experience heaven together. God bless.